Eagles Entertainment. Okay, the Eagles able to get a touchdown, but not able to get over the hump against Seattle. 17-9, your final score here today in Philadelphia. Thanks for joining us on the postgame show. Amy Campbell, Fran Duffy, Ike Reese. Guys, the Eagles fall to 5-6. and six. Um, not, a, not a game that... Uh, that they're probably going to be too proud of here. A lot of a lot of difficulties on offense, a lot of good stuff on defense, kind of same theme that we saw last week with New England, Ike. Yeah, I mean, start on that offensive side of the ball, not being able to move it. Uh, then when they had opportunities to move the ball, got inside Seattle's territory with it, they turned the ball over a couple times against a team like Seattle who didn't come out with their hair on fire today. They, they didn't come out clicking on all cylinders either, but the Eagles not able to take advantage of that. And uh, eventually the Seahawks, too many turnovers. That's what doomed this team today. Five turnovers is not really something you can overcome very no. much in the NFL. Uh, four straight games this defense has held the opponent to under, or 17 or under. Wow. I mean, that's, that's all you can ask for if you're a defense. I know uh, I, that was something that Jim Johnson preached yeah. was, hey, if we hold them to 17 or less, we feel pretty good, and they've been able to do it over the last month. All right, Dave Spadaro standing by from Lincoln Financial Field. Dave, uh, you're right there feeling the vibe, feeling uh, the energy of the crowd, the energy around the Eagles bench. Take us through it. What's going on? And the fans uh, deserve to be upset. Very, very poor performance once again by an offense that just, look, it's the same drum we've been beating all year. Can't get the football down the field. Really bad ball security. Carson Wentz booing, got booed right there as he ran off the field into the tunnel. And Carson's playing very poorly. I mean, the right side of the offensive line was a disaster today. Brandon Brooks goes out with the illness, and they're already missing Lane Johnson. Andre Dillard benched. Matt Pryor and Halapulavati Vitae playing the second half of this game on the right side of the line. That's a far, far cry from... A, an all-pro tandem of Brooks and Johnson. But whatever it is, the Eagles got to find a way to fix Carson Wentz. And I know that he's throwing to receivers who don't have great speed. And, and I know that they're not catching everything for him, but there are too many times when he's just not looking comfortable in the pocket. He's holding on to the ball too long. He's making bad decisions. His ball security in the last few games here in the pocket has not been good. So a lot of things wrong with the Eagles offense, starting with number 11. Yeah, I got to agree with you on that, Dave. You know, I looked at this, you're looking at this game today. This wasn't a game that was about drop passes from the skill position players or Carson not getting enough help on that side of the ball. You know, pains me to say it starts with number 11. And the way that he played today, I think, really hampered this offense being able to capitalize on some opportunity there early in the game. He just doesn't look comfortable in the pocket to me, whether it's the pocket awareness or his ability to let the ball go on time. And I'm just wondering whether or not he's able to see the entire field and use the entire field as opposed to cutting off the field and limiting himself as to where he can go with the football. What are you seeing down yeah, from the field it's, level? It, I, I don't see a lot of receivers wide open, first of all. So in defensive Carson, that is one thing that is happening. Um, the Look, he throws to Zach Ertz a lot. He throws to... Um, he throws to uh, Dallas Goddard. He throws to Miles Sanders when he has a chance to. And, um, but he's not getting the ball outside. And look, not a lot of separation. But there are times when you must trust, a little, throw in anticipation. I, I, look, I don't know. I, I don't know. It, 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 when things don't work, 
you, you just you look all you go, hey boy, this offense which was so creative, um, uh, now it's not creative at all. That's not on, and so um, it just it just doesn't seem to be. There's no sync at all with this Eagles offense. They look the first possession. You feel it here. There's a little bit of momentum going on. The Eagles get down the field and. You know, they kick a field goal, and you thought, ah, geez, there's a chance right there. You get seven points, and they didn't capitalize on it. After the Dallas Goddard fumble, the Eagles get the ball right back, and they didn't capitalize on it. So, I mean, it just, it's just I, every quarterback goes through it. Carson really hasn't gone through this kind of struggle. The struggles he had last year were a different kind of struggle. So this is a very critical time in the development of Carson Wentz. He's not getting a lot of help from a protection standpoint. Certainly did not today. He's not throwing to Pro Bowl, all pro wide receivers. We get that. But there are times when you've got to make the play or at least keep your team out of a bad situation. And that just didn't happen today. And it didn't happen last week either. Very, very well said, Dave. We'll let you get into the locker room there. A lot of reacting going to be uh, happening after this game. Thanks so much. Thank you. Uh, Fran, I think really well said there by Dave, and it's kind of my sense that I had as I've been watching Carson the last few weeks and I'm just kind of getting into my emotional intelligence of what I'm seeing. This can't be easy for him, and there's something about adversity that changes a person, and it, you kind of see them click into their own sense of identity a little bit more, and you see a lot of athletes go through it, especially ones who have success at every level of their career. When it gets really hard, they are able to kind of find this new level, and I don't know if I've seen him kind of get there yet. This is a different type of adversity that I don't think we've seen him face. Uh, and I think, you know, Dave kind of alluded to that as well. Yeah, I think honestly that there's a lot of nuance that needs to be had with this discussion because I think ultimately, yes. you know, football is a team game. We talk about this. It, it takes all 11 guys, right? So, yeah, one one small little error on any given play, uh, whether it's a, a missed block or a drop or a wrong route, the guys not being on the same page, that can get, you know, that can end a drive or it can keep a drive going. That's in a micro sense. But then when you look at it from a macro sense, and I look at Carson Wentz, and you, know, you lose Deshaun Jackson, you lose Alshon Jeffrey, you're going into this game without Nelson Aguilar as well, you're down your top running back in Jordan Howard, you're down Lane Johnson, you lose Brandon Brooks in the first quarter, your team is struggling, there's a lot of adversity that this whole team has gone through from a, from a big picture standpoint. It's a lot. It's a lot. And as a young quarterback who's still trying to kind of come into his own and say, this is my team, I'm trying to put this, you know, put my stamp on it, it's, it's a lot. It's a lot to handle. So I think ultimately, it's a, Dave said it, it's a very critical part in his development. We're at a very critical stage right now for him. Uh, we know the kind of player that he can be. We know the kind of – he's one of the most talented passers in the league. Yeah. We saw Russell Wilson make some bad throws today. Yeah. They're able to bounce back. So now it's – Small picture, all right, next week against Miami, how does he bounce back? Big picture, 2020, 2021, how does Carson Wentz continue to look down the road? It's not about next week. It's about big picture with this team. And knowing you've got your franchise quarterback, you've got to continue to, you know, obviously, look, the guys around him have to get better. But when you look at it, you know, you could, we could point to any route and say, man, that was a bad throw. That was a terrible interception. That was a bad sack from Carson Wentz there. Yes, in that individual play, but I think it's a culmination of all of these factors coming in because football is the ultimate team game. And going in, all that stuff is going on mentally as well.
Yeah, that mental component is huge. And I think, you know, he's never going to point the finger at anybody else no. on this team. He's always going to take full responsibility for all of that. Whether it's on him or not, he's going to do that, which is, you know, kind of the, the job as the leader is to always say, look, it doesn't matter where the breakdown was at the end of the day. Like, we're all accountable. And he's absolutely always going to be doing that kind of thing as well. And, and you know he's also going to continue to work his butt off to improve. No question. I yeah. mean, he's not going to shortchange you on a hard day's work. He's going to continue to work to try to get this fixed. He knows that he needs to play better. And when you're down the type of uh, uh, talent that they are on the offensive side of the ball, a lot of our eyes are going to focus on how does the quarterback play. Can his play sort of ignite everyone around him and sort of lift up their spirits. And I think the one thing that was a little discouraging today, not that he made a bunch of bad throws or anything of that nature. I think it was some of the, the sort of simple plays that would keep them out of negative situations that I would have liked to have seen Carson make. Like, no, you're getting rid of the football instead of holding on to it, and, and, it, and that turned into a fumble. Dumping the ball off the Miles Sanders in the flat, you know, that may not have led to a touchdown, but that's a play where, who knows, Miles may make someone miss, and it does turn into a touchdown. But if you overthrow him by three yards, he doesn't have a chance to do anything. So I think Fran touched on something that's very key and I don't know if Carson will ever be able to sort of shake it the guy puts a lot of pressure on himself he wants to play well he wants to do well out there and that's what you're seeing right now he wants it so bad that sometimes the the simpler throws become the harder ones to make because he really wants to be able to take that ball and hand it to those guys and, and have something positive happen but that's just not the way the game works um, I think going forward he's going to be okay because again his work ethic is uh, is impeccable. He's going to continue to get better at this. The coaches around him are going to continue to coach him up. I thought the young receivers, when given an opportunity, they made plays today. Yeah. So that's something else that you can take away from this game, that the more those guys are out there and they feel less pressure to have to produce, the more they're going to relax. And when is their opportunity comes, they'll be able to take advantage of it. The, the way I look at it is this. As you're an Eagles fan, you're watching this game, and you say, you know what? This, this was tough to watch offensively. Defensively was awesome. We'll talk about yeah. that. Yeah. Offensively, this was very tough to watch. It's been tough for the last seven quarters to watch uh, this offense. But this too shall pass. Like at some point, everybody's going to come together. The speed's going to come back. I don't, again, I don't know. We're talking about this game next week against Miami, the week after that when we get down the run or the, the, this divisional run here. Big picture-wise, you have to like what this team is put, how this team is put together. There are pieces in place that you can work with moving forward. You know, they, they still have to be able to say, all right, we have to execute and continue to develop some of these young players. Let's talk a little bit about that defense and the def defensive performance here. Russell Wilson had thrown two interceptions coming into this one. We saw Rodney McLeod had one and then kind of threw it backwards to Avante Maddox. Um, also, this was like one of the – I've never seen so many like laterals and like side, like like a college game, like kind of game with just all of the wild stuff. The ball stuff. was in the air a lot. There was a lot right. of – the ball was in the air and the ball was on the ground a right. lot more than I'm used to seeing it in the NFL. It was wild, um, which I'm sure is fun if you're on the winning end of it. Let's talk about this defensive performance that was, you know, Russell Wilson didn't have that impressive stat line that we're used to seeing from him, but he still was able to do just enough to get his team the win, which is why he's so dangerous. Six sacks. I mean, the defense, and it's not even That's just that. I mean, the, the defense uh, was constantly in his face. I, I'm going to talk about it later uh, when I break some film down because there were plenty of examples of this defense getting after the quarterback, so it was tough for me to try and pick just one. I think I know which play I'm going to do, but I think when you talk about this defense and what they've been able to do 
over the last couple of games, over the last few games, really. Uh, as, as I mentioned, 17 points or less over the last four games played. Uh, they're continuing to hold up their end of the bargain. The, the, bargain. the rush is there. The linebackers are playing well. The, the secondary is really coming together. I know they gave us some big plays. Guess what? This Seahawks offense was the most explosive pass game in the NFL this season coming into this game. They held them to 17. You're gonna, they're going to get theirs. Uh, the, you know, They score a touchdown off another trick play. That's the second in two weeks. These teams are trying to uh, know they have to go deep into their bag of tricks to put up points against this Eagles team. And then they give up uh, kind of a, you know, I don't want to say a cheapie, but they give up that long touchdown yeah. run. That's a tough play. Uh, all right, you know what? That was a tough one. The only touchdown they've given up really of circumstance in the last two weeks. I think ultimately this defense is playing at a really, really high level. That's the only reason we've been in the last two ball games, yeah. and you can say they outplayed Buffalo's defense and Chicago's defense that led to victories for us because the offense in those games weren't explosive either. It's just that the defense was playing so well, and those other teams' quarterbacks aren't Tom Brady and Russell Wilson. I'm, I'm with Fran. When you look at what this defense has been able to do over the last couple of weeks, you got to tip their cap to them. Um, they're the only reason that you've been in these ball games and had the opportunity to even win these games. It's unfortunate the offense can't necessarily capitalize on their play. Russell Wilson hasn't looked like this as a quarterback all year long, pretty much. And it wasn't that he turned the ball over a lot, but you forced him into a lot of third and long situations. Some of them he converted, others or most he did not convert. And this defense continued to give them opportunities by taking the ball away and we just couldn't capitalize on it. It's, it's a product of having all their guys back right now. So now Jim Swartz can go deep in that playbook and come up with some play designs, particularly in man coverage, because he has his full secondary back. And that defensive front four starting to play well. I like that Jim Swartz is also bringing extra pressure. I think Malcolm may have had, what, three sacks today? At least two sacks. Yeah. He was in the backfield an awful lot. Rodney McLeod making plays today. Anytime your safeties are becoming a part of your rush package, uh, that's going to be difficult for any offense to be able to protect. And Jim Swartz, uh, give him a lot of credit, man. He's done. He's been able to dig into that playbook a lot deeper the last month or so, and has really given this team a chance to win. Now, in the last four games, they're two and two. But if not for this defense, you could very easily be on for. Give you a sense. Sorry, I mean, give you a sense real quick uh, of what this defense was able to do. Looking at the stats, Russell Wilson completed 13 of 25 passes. Yeah. Carson Wentz completed 33 passes on his own. So uh, when you look at this, 12 incompletions for Russell Wilson, that's as many as Carson Wentz had. So we could talk about Russell Wilson or about Carson Wentz's struggles in this game. Russell Wilson had just as many incompletions. You know, I kind of think I think that kind of speaks to the defensive play. That doesn't excuse Carson's play, but going to the to the defense speaks a lot. Yeah, absolutely. And if you look at the the total offensive yards there, I mean, the Eagles uh, only four behind the Seahawks on that one. So let's uh, hear from Coach on today's game. Uh, it's very disappointing. Uh, I thought defensively, I told the defense they played outstanding again. You know, outside of a couple plays, uh, offense obviously is just not good enough with the mistakes. You know, the the turnovers, the the execution, um, just not good enough to win. Inaccurate, right? And then he was just turning the ball over. In, in your view, what's going on with the quarterback? Well, it's it's hard sometimes, you know, and. You know, playing that position is, is, is tough anyway. Um, obviously, a lot of pressure and a lot of, you know, we ask a lot of our quarterback and a lot of Carson. And, and you know, the one thing you can't do in that position is just put pressure on yourself, you know, to perform. You just got to let you got to let things unfold, you know. And, and sometimes you can do that when, 
I think sometimes as a, you know you feel like the offense is struggling, you feel like you have to make a play, and and you just got to let the kind of the game unfold, let the offense unfold, just let everybody work for you, and and don't feel like you got to make every play. Was there anything that you said to him during the game or at halftime to try to correct some things, specific things mentally or physically? I mean, you know, just again, just those same things. Just let everything kind of unfold, and 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 listen. We've always said this that it's not about one guy, but you know, obviously. You know, our quarterback is, is a big part of uh, our success and the things we do. And, and uh, you know, sometimes, you know, even as a play caller, you just got to get back to some of the basic plays, some of the things that you have a lot of time invested on and, and, and get back to that and, and uh, try to get something going. Did you mention the defense has played well. Did you bench Tiller? Uh, at halftime, we made a switch. I uh, went with Big V. Um, just felt like at the time, um, you know, just needed to switch it up, make, make, a, make something happen there, and, and then went with Big V in the second half. Um, he just, you know, got sick uh, and and just just had an illness, and uh, you know we had to make it make a, a sudden change. Is there anything related to his previous uh, battles with anxiety? I haven't talked to the doctors yet. Towards the end, Carson was obviously favoring his hand. He went back to the locker room, came back, he tried on a glove and some different things. Did he communicate to you at all how bad it was hurting? Or... No, he had. You know, he tried to glove early in the game, pulled it off when the rain the rain stopped. Um, and everything, everything was okay with his hand. You mentioned the defense played well in that game. Um, as the play caller on offense, do you feel like the offense is kind of letting the other side of the ball down right now? Um, you know what? We don't we don't point fingers like that. You know, we're we're a team, and when we when we win, we win as a team. When we lose, we lose as a team. And today, we lost as a team. Did you realize that Carson had hurt his hand? It looked like he yeah. hurt his hand in the third quarter. Yeah. Um, was there any consideration of replacing him with Josh? It looked like he came back and maybe got X-rays or got examined. No, I mean everything. Everything that uh, the information I got in game was was positive with with Carson. So uh, we kept kept playing. So did he get an X right now? He did, and it was negative. On the uh, third and three, handed off the miles. That was the what happened on, on that play? What was the? Play? Yeah, it was unfortunate. Um, you know, Big V uh, obviously just overset the guy and uh, really kind of set past set the guy, and and, and the, the DN disrupted the timing of the play, which. You know, we got to do a better job there. We got to coach a little better on that play, and um, just our our failed execution. You feel like this is kind of a missed opportunity when your defense plays so well against an MVP candidate with a you know with a pretty good offense at home. Your defense has produced the, the last couple of weeks, and the, and the offense hasn't. I mean, is it, is it frustrating seeing that side of the ball play so well and the other side of the ball not hold up its end of it? Yes. So why did you want to run that play on that third down? The, just the style, of the defense. Um, you know, the defense, the structure during the game. I mean, the way the way it was, it, it, we had we had had some success. Not necessarily on that play, but the little shovel pass to Dallas in the game. Very similar play, um, and and uh, we just didn't execute. You know, we we, we got again. It, that's on me. I gotta I gotta coach that play better. Will Carson undergo further. Will Carson undergo further testing on his hand? I'm sure he will. Yes. Uh, Greg Ward had a big role for someone that was just elevated from the practice squad the day earlier. Was that? Something you worked on all week to get him involved. Um, well, as you guys know, and and uh, you know, well, maybe you don't know. Um, he he's been working with our starters, you know, just because of the injuries we've had at, at the receiver position. So he he's been getting a lot of time in practice with our starters. So um, his role was about about what it should have been, you know. If had he, you know, if, if he was an act more of an active player for us, you know, on the on the on the active. So um, I thought he did some really nice things for us. Um, and something to evaluate tomorrow when we look at the tape. On the third and one, on the third and one late in the game, uh, you had a handoff, and 
Um, well, the, where the, the spot, well, actually, the couple of things. One, the spot, I thought the spot was a little bit closer, and then, and then on when we lined up, it was a little bit further away. Um, play we had, we had just had just run that play about two or three plays before, had some success. Miles had a nice run, came right back to it. Uh, again, um, you know, we'll coach it better next time. When you're missing some of the throws were, of course, was a little off with some of the younger receivers. You can see afterwards him talking with them on the sidelines. Was there ever situations where they weren't on the same page or anything like that? Um, not, not really. I, I know it can be a little bit different when, when not all your, you know, you're working with different guys, but uh, you know, it's, it's, listen. This is this is the National Football League, and and we spend a lot of time, you know, working with all our players. And uh, these guys spend a lot of time, even off the, you know, side during practice to get some of these throws. So, um, you know, whatever they were talking about, either either a route or maybe the next time a route like that's called, you know, the type of adjustment that they could make in game. You how has the, the week of practice been? Did you have any indication or fear that you would come out and the team would be as sloppy as it was? I didn't. Um, thought we had a good week of preparation. Guys were guys were focused, um, you know. So that that was no indication, obviously, of, of the performance today. When you're as many starters as you are on offense right now, does it limit you as a play caller? I, I think I'm. I think I'm more aware of, of maybe certain certain things, um, uh, you know, that uh, we can or can't do. Um, but but for the most part, as we game plan, you know, and put things together, we're still. We're still thinking of the same guys and, and putting things, you know, even in the run game. Um, but and then once you get into the game too, you gotta you gotta make your own adjustments uh, as you, as you see fit. How do you think you thought Nelson and Alshon were trending in the right direction? And you said sometimes guys have to play a little beat up. It's the NFL. How come they didn't play? Um, they just they just weren't there yet. Uh, and again, we're not going to risk anything further with either one of those guys. You know. Uh, we still have we still after the after this game obviously five left, and uh, we can still make a push and didn't want to set them back any further. As far as Carson, how do you distinguish the difference between a bad game and reason for concern? A bad game versus versus reason for concern, a bigger problem that, that goes beyond a bad day. Our issues on offense tonight or today were were not about Carson Wentz. I mean, obviously he's 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 a part of it. This is this is an offensive issue. So, starts with me. Um, I gotta look. I gotta look at it. I gotta make my own uh, assessment of my performance, and, and and then we'll coach the players this week, and we'll get better. If it wasn't on Carson, okay. how, how do you? What is it? Are we done. That's it. That's it. All right. Thanks, guys. Okay, coach. Very clear. Our issues on offense today were not about Carson Wentz. It starts with me, and um, not to get like too soft right now, but I am just loving the way that Doug Peterson um, handled this entire press conference, answered all these questions. And I'm just thinking to myself, can you imagine if Carson Wentz had ended up on a team with a defensive coach who could not relate to sure. these road bumps right now? I mean, how lucky is he to be in this situation with a guy who totally understands how he feels? We, we see that all around the NFL yeah. right, on an almost weekly basis where that uh, goes the other way. So certainly, I mean, that's, that's one of the things that I was talking about is that don't look at it in just this game. Yeah. Like, you can't just look at 
Carson Wentz got, has a great support or system around him. We're not talking about what the receiver, who the receivers were uh, today. We're not talking about missing Jordan Howard and missing the right side of the O-line. I'm talking about the support system around him to continue to build around this. He's going to learn from this. He's going to get better. I do want to talk a little bit more about the offensive line and just some of the struggles that we saw. I know you're going to want to dig into that tape a little bit more and kind of see what reveals itself. But, you know, when you're missing, uh, like Dave Spadaro said earlier, you're missing some all-pro talent there. Um, you know, you can only get so creative where just the level of play goes down a little bit. Where did you see some of the struggles today? Well, it's, t it's tough without seeing the tape. Yeah. But I will say that sacks – Sacks can be a little fickle yeah. because it's not just an offensive line issue. Sometimes it is. On some plays they are. Uh, it's not just a quarterback issue. Sometimes on some plays they are. It can be a receiver issue. It could be a running back issue. So all of those things come into play. There were plays last week. I know Ike and I, we broke down a play uh, on Eagles game plan this week where you could point to all three aspects of it. You could look at the receivers and say, you know what, the receivers didn't uncover quick enough. You know, the quarterback probably could have pulled the trigger a little bit earlier, and the protection didn't hold up. So all three things come together. When you have sacks, typically that's kind of what it looks like, is that it's not just on one guy, it's typically some kind of a team effort. Yeah, and I know we don't like to use injuries as an excuse, but the bottom line is there's a reason why Brandon Brooks is an all-pro, arguably the best right guard in football. There's a reason why Lane Johnson is arguably the best right tackle in football. And the drop-off from those guys, it's going to be large. It just is. And you give credit to the young guys going in there, doing what they could do. Andre Dillard, never, having never played right tackle before, moving over there, I didn't think he would feel comfortable and you wondered how much Seattle would game plan to try to throw a lot of stuff at him to get him crossed up. But the fact of the matter is this offense is just missing too many of their top level performers and it's showing out there on the field, whether it's the inconsistencies and in being able to move the football, take care of the football, the quarterback being able to play well, everybody having a certain comfort level in an end game situation. All those things are playing a part in the last two weeks of watching this offense sort of struggle to be consistent moving the ball. You look at them earlier in the year, they were one of the better teams on third down. They were one of the better red zone teams on third down when they had the majority of their players out there on the field. It's gotten progressively worse as you continue to lose guys. You just can't say next man up. It sounds cute. It's a great cliche and it's great when it works. This is the National Football League and when guys go down there's going to be some level of drop off and you're fortunate if it doesn't cost you a game and I think we were able against Chicago and Buffalo missing some key guys to get through those games but when you're playing the New Englands and the Seattle Seahawks Bill Belichick Pete Carroll as head coaches Tom Brady Russell Wilson as quarterbacks that stuff is going to be awful awful hard to overcome well especially when you know earlier this week Doug Peterson said I believe it was in the one-on-one -on -one interview with Dave Spadaro Jordan Howard is the key to the kingdom yeah. when it comes to opening up the run game and the offense that was his words and so just when you're missing so many guys but especially such a critical piece there's just going to be a difference when you have another guy Jay Ajayi who's coming off of having not played for a year no right. matter how talented he is so they're just going to see those types of things why don't we get into your takeaways well, I mean, you got to start with the offense and the struggles on the <laughs> offensive side of the ball. Uh, have we already touched on that? Yeah, yeah. I mean, that was my first takeaway of the game is just this offense just did not play well today. Yeah. Um, and even when they had opportunities moving the ball and they had some success, they wind up shooting themselves in the foot, turning the football over deep in Seattle territory where it looked like you can get some points there. And against a team like Seattle that wasn't playing their A game, 
uh, you would hope that you could capitalize on those sort of things. We just weren't able to take advantage of it today. And it, it starts with the quarterback. And when he's a little rusty or he's a little off, the offense is going to show. And the, um, the ineffectiveness and the inability to maintain drives, pick up first downs, and give yourself another opportunity to get some rhythm going um, – it just wasn't there for I mean, us today. Five turnovers, you know, the numbers are comparable on offense between two teams, but five turnovers, yeah. what are you going to do to overcome that? Um, should we talk about how good Greg Ward looked, though? Should we give him a little... Well, I, mean, I think, listen, he didn't hurt you out there today. I think <laughs> okay. we, we may overstate how well he played today. Fair. <laughs> uh, thankfully, he caught the he balls caught the ball. that Carson yeah. threw yeah. to him. Um, but if you watch those play designs and from the defensive standpoint, they were willing to give up those balls underneath yep. to Greg Ward for four or five-yard gains. Uh, kudos to him, like I said, for being in the right place, being able to catch the ball. But Seattle wasn't going to allow the ball to be thrown over their head, and he was the beneficiary of being able to catch some of those things underneath. I mean, what really, and Doug was asked about this in the post-game press conference. He said, you know, have, with all these injuries, does it affect you as a play caller? And the reality of it is, especially in a game like today where you're missing those guys, you're missing even Nelson, who had been your, your viable deep threat uh, to this point. You're playing. We, what do we say about the red zone is that it's tough for offenses in the red zone because everything is so constrained. Yeah. Defenses get to play like the Eagles are in the red zone yep. throughout the course of the field. So when you're missing those guys on the outside and then you're missing Jordan Howard, like you mentioned earlier, Amy, you're missing a guy that really can help establish the tone of your run game and say, okay, we're going to keep defenses honest that way. You, you're missing your hammer inside. You're missing any of the explosive weapons outside. Everything is constrained. Everything's in a short box, and that's kind of what, how we have to see this offense play right now until some of these guys get healthy. That's a good point. What's your next takeaway? Well, the play of the quarterback, right? I mean, that's, what we, <laughs> that's sort of where we, we are. And um, I think the numbers I, – I look at this game today, and I, I say Carson got off to a slow start. The turnovers are probably the biggest thing yep. when you look at his play today because 33 of 45 certainly isn't a bad completion percentage. Yep. But the fact that, like Fran just mentioned, the fact that major the majority of that stuff is underneath where Seattle is really trying to force you to throw the football, not being able to connect uh, when they tried to stretch the field, I thought hurt, hurt the offense at times today. And it wasn't as if there were a lot of windows there for Carson to be able to put that ball uh, in play. But he did have a couple of opportunities, and you would have liked to have seen him connect on them. The offensive line, I thought at times, failed him. Because if you're a quarterback and that pocket is collapsing on you, there's a, a clock in your head, and you're saying, I got to get out of here or I got to get rid of the football. And I thought I, I, he had at least four or five throws today where they were just arm throws. He didn't necessarily get a chance to step into the throw, get his hips into the throw, and that's when you're going to get the ball either sell or it's going to tell off on him. And I thought a couple times to either Ortega Whiteside or Greg Ward, he hit them on the wrong side of their bodies, and it was because it was strictly an arm throw as opposed to being able to line his elbow up, the hips up, and pinpoint that ball where it, with accuracy where he wants to put it. I believe it was Steve Young who said when he was at San Francisco that he would be able to tell looking on film if a pass was going to be complete or not just by looking at the guy's feet. Yeah. Not even like, forget the play, 
I'm just going to look at my feet. Okay, if, the, if my feet are good, yeah, this ball was probably complete. And, and so the, to, to Ike's point, some of those issues in your lower body as a quarterback can lead to some of your issues uh, from a, a ball placement standpoint. But pressure, that's one, of, that's one of the reasons why pressure is so important for a defense is if you're moving the quarterback off a spot, if you're making him feel uncomfortable. We saw that with Russell Wilson today as well. Uh, he's not comfortable. His feet can't get set. Now he's off target in a lot of these throws. Yeah. I was off on one of my points there, Amy. My second point was supposed to be how well the defense played. I thought that you might have gone. Yeah, that's what I expected. Yes. So why don't we? Well, we make that my third. Should we talk about yes. how good the defense was today? Yes, I got them mixed up there. Sorry about that. Yes, just a. Um, you got to sandwich it. Yeah, you know, we got to go. Effort. <laughs> my mind is locked in on the offense now. They played, uh, but the defense really did play well today. Really gave this team a chance to win this game. Uh, Russell Wilson back there, uncomfortable all day. Uh, I thought he didn't extend plays as well as he's done throughout the season today. Yeah. So the game plan to sort of keep him corralled and not let him just run around behind the line of scrimmage and hit you over the top, I think worked work to a T today. Able to get six sacks on him uh, back there and really made him uncomfortable for the most part when, as a, when it came to throwing the football. Fran mentioned earlier, really the only um, touchdown they gave up through the air was the uh, the throwback yep. uh, to Russell Wilson. Great play. Where it took a great throw yep. as well by Russell putting that ball in the back of the end zone. A few things I love more than a trick play like that. And uh, Russell Wilson, only 15 yards rushing, and yeah. he yeah. Um, has been one of the best rushers on the team as well, so defense yeah. did a great job corralling him. Um, what I was going to ask earlier, and I forgot, was Fletcher Cox on the field on the Rashad Penny touchdown? Ooh, I have to look and see. Look I'm at that. Sure. Yeah. I, I think he might have not been there, which mm. is going to be, you know, a difference maker there. Yeah, yeah. And, and sometimes when if they had just fin- – I think they had just finished the series. Or yeah. not finished, but I think Seattle had just gotten the first down. So it's not, it's not odd that Fletch will come out for, for the first down play so he can be fresh for second and third down out there when you hopefully you got them in a – third and long, second and long situation. For him, he has to sort of pick and choose where he can catch a breather at. And it typically happens after a team just converted a third down into a first down, and then he's normally back on the field. Yeah, he was a huge impact on that first third down of the game yeah. uh, where he got home quickly for a sack. I think when you look at Fletcher Cox, you look at Brandon Graham, their ability to win inside quickly was a big part of today. But then also the guys on the outside, uh, and that goes as well to Malcolm Jenkins. That goes to Nigel Bradham. Those guys did a great job of contain today where you know Russell Wilson, if he was able to get outside the pocket, he wasn't able to really feel comfortable. The ball came out quickly. And a lot of that, and again, team sport, a lot of that goes to the coverage on the back end was really, really strong throughout the day. Uh, during the press conference, like you brought up a good point uh, that their longest catch of the day, or their, their highest receiver of the day, was Tyler Lockett, 38 yards, and it came on the one play. Catch, yeah. Yeah. What happened on the uh, McLeod interception? So it looked to me, it looked to me, Obviously, and I want to see the go film. Back, I want to see the film. Check the film. The, they were in that inverted cover two that ever all a lot of fans like to kill the Eagles because they've given up some big plays down the field in this coverage. It looked like they were in that coverage, and Rodney McLeod was playing underneath. Darby came from the from deep, impacted the catch point, got the ball up in the air, and, and uh, McLeod came in from underneath. So. Uh, yeah, nice little play. I'm excited to see that one on film. That was a fun one to watch. All right, let's get to our turning points of the game. Um, can we pinpoint any moments where this thing was well, for me, going south? For me, I mean, it's still a 10-3 game yeah. uh, late in this game. 
And the Rashad Penny touchdown, mm. to me, was the turning point. As, as difficult as it, as it had been for the Eagles' offense to get any touchdown, get any points on the board, you sort of felt if we can keep this thing to a one-score game, the Eagles may be able to steal this thing in the end. But once they went up by two touchdowns, I just felt like that was the nail in the coffin because of the way the offense had played today and how difficult it was for them to move the ball and eventually get it in the end zone. Um, when, that, when Penny was able to get that touchdown, and I hate to make that my turning point because that's almost a knock against the defense, but they held on as long as they could. And uh, that's really the only bad play they had today from a defensive standpoint. To me, that was when I felt like, ah, yeah. we may not get this one. But that's also saying, okay, I don't necessarily trust this offense to be able sure, to come back yes. from two scores yes. at home. Even though there was definitely time left for that to happen and being at home, that we had not seen anything to give us faith that the offense would be able to do that. And to combat that, the defense wound up getting another turnover. Yeah. Yep to give you another opportunity Still, to pull so within seven. Yeah. So many chances. Uh, the, Fran. the tough one for me would be that fumble on the, they tried the sprint draw down and it was clear yeah. in enemy territory. Uh, you know, there was a, a fumbled exchange between Carson Wentz and Miles Sanders. Uh, coach was asked about it in the postgame press conference and he said, you know, uh, Big V kind of overset there, let the defender get too far upfield. Look, this is a play and a lot of fans are saying, what were they trying to do here on this play? The Eagles have had a lot of success. If you go back, uh, LaShawn McCoy, 2011-2012, the, the late yeah. years of Andy Reid, they loved the sprint draw. Howard Mudd, that offensive line, they ran this a lot, and it resulted in a lot of big plays. The Eagles haven't run that a lot to date here in this offense, but it's something that you see throughout the course of the NFL where really you're just trying to suck the defense upfield and then just kind of hit them late with a late handoff to the running back, and that's what they were trying to do. They were trying to get a nice little lane in the middle of the defense. Unfortunately, the exchange is fumbled because that instant pressure happened. Now, you could say, is that on Big V? Is the, is the spacing right with the quarterback and the running back? Where Are they on the same page? Regardless, Ball ends up on the ground, yeah. goes back the other way. That, to me, was the turning point because it looked like they were starting to string a really nice drive together. Yeah, I don't have a third turning point. I think both of those were moments where the wind was really taken out of the sails. I totally agree that going down by two scores, not not a lot of faith in the offense to do what we hadn't seen them do this game. But I think that that, that, uh, that turnover there on the, the botched handoff there with yep. Miles Sanders, because also the, they were getting a little bit of momentum, but they were on the Seattle 38, and yeah. the swing went to yeah. Seattle having the ball on the Philadelphia 32. And... Um, just talking about the field position battle and, and some of those hidden yards that you so, uh, so beautifully taught us about last week, Fran, against the Patriots, that to me was one of the biggest swings, was not only do you turn the ball over and lose the momentum, but you were getting close to scoring, and now you're putting your opponent in a good scoring position. Yeah, and I, it happened a couple times. It happened in the first half, too, and that's really where when the, when the team looks back at this game, Carson, offense, they're going to say, we had opportunities, right? We had opportunities when we've when we finally got a little momentum and got down in the territory, the interception, you know, when Carson had somebody right in his face, probably wants to put a little more air under that ball to Dallas Goddard and then can't allow that DB to be able to undercut you and make that interception there. That, that was another sort of momentum killer where I thought, okay, we're starting to move the ball. Here's an opportunity to sort of put some points on the board. And again, you just shoot yourself in the foot there. Those are the ones that are deflating.
Those, yeah. those are the ones where you say, man, we had a chance right there. Yeah, absolutely. And I believe Carson, we're about to hear from Carson Wentz, which I'm really interested to hear from him and just kind of catch his vibe and his demeanor after this one as he's, you know, always taking responsibility for the struggles of the offense and never pointing fingers. But especially after a day like today where not a lot was going right for this offense, where you saw a lot of the playmakers out, a lot of the top guys on offense who would be catching those passes, who would be running the ball, not playing today. Also the offensive line, some shifts there with different guys coming in and out, uh, a lot of different things for him to adapt to. Yeah, uh, just my hand. Um, everything was, was negative, so um, should, should be good. I don't think it did. Um, you know, it's something I was just, you know, making sure it was good, but uh, that's by no means an excuse for, for how we performed whatsoever. Did that happen on the tackle? Yeah. Yep. How do you think you played today? Uh, not well enough at all. You know, we got to um, – I have to, you know, be better. I have to lead this team better. I got to protect the football better. We can't put it on the ground the way we did. Um, and it starts with me. It starts with me, and, and I'm frustrated. Uh, I know everyone's frustrated with this with this loss offensively. I mean, uh, like I said, turning the ball over um, starts with me. I got to be better, and we will be. Carson, what was the uh, – it seemed like you had some difficulty early. What was that problem with just with the short passes we had to wait for? Yeah, I just got to own those. You know, I, I missed a few, and um, there's there's no no excuses. I just missed them. I got to be better. Peterson. No, it's got to be better. Doug said sometimes you see the amount of players that you're missing on offense that you might try to do too much or maybe put too much pressure on yourself at all to, to do more. Do you feel like that's the case at all? Or what? Uh, I didn't feel that necessarily today. Um, you know, I thought we – you know, I thought we did an okay job, and there was plays there to be made. And every time we got something going, uh, we turned it over. You know, and, and that's uh, you know a couple a handful of those were were on me. You know, and it, it starts with me. I got to protect the football, and uh, you can't win many games with with five turnovers. Uh, you know, like that. So, uh, you know, our defense played great again. Um, gave us a fighting chance again, and offensively, we, we let them down. I know you'll go back and you'll look at the detail. Let's talk about the turnovers. Let's talk about the two passes that you missed. The crossing route to Zach. That was behind him in the first quarter. Was on third down, and then when you go over to Miles Sanders, what happened on those two particular plays? Uh, I missed him. Missed the throw. I got to be better. I mean, there's there's no excuses. It wasn't the wind. It wasn't. It was nothing. I just missed him. I got to be better. Carson, can you tell if when you do miss a throw, is that an immediate thing? Can you tell maybe the footwork wasn't there, maybe a mechanic, or is that something you gotta look at? Um. You could say sometimes that that might be the case. You can tell, but today I, I don't. I don't know. I, I got like I said. I'm not going to stand up here and make excuses for missed throws. You know that's not what I'm going to do. I got to make those throws, and I will next time. Have you looked at, at those mechanical things, footwork, uh, follow through, our position, all that yeah. stuff? How much have you scrutinized that? Yeah, we always you know kind of study that throughout the week. Obviously, you know as the week as the season goes, you know this. Um, can be harder to focus on those, but we always talk about them and work through them. So, um, again, that, there's no, no excuse with that either. How much do you think it might be mental? I mean, I felt good mentally. You know, mentally I think everything was good. Every, you know, we were right there, and I physically just missed the throw. On the fumbled handoff in the, in the, to Miles in the third third, what happened on, on that play? Because that was a – Pretty good scoring yeah, um, that one was tough. Uh, there's no excuse on that either. I got it. I mean, it's something that we got to work and, and be better at. You know, I think you know it was um, kind of a new kind of play, and um, I, Miles and I just probably didn't um, communicate enough on it. And I, I got to be better for him and, and give him a chance on that one. This is a uh, characteristic play 
from you. Uh, is, does anything kind of, is something standing out like I know that I, I this is where I'm kind of straying or whatever the case? Um, not really. I mean, I, I think the, the turnovers, you know, I think everything else, you know, we, we miss, you know, a few throws and, and things like that, but the turnovers really um, kill us. You know, and that's something that um, I got to take a hard look at and see what, where, I, where can I be better? Um, where can I um, obviously keep and, and the driving a kick one way or another, you know, and, and not put our defense in bad situations. And um, I can be better. I will be better. And we'll get this thing going. How, how tough is it to play without, you know, Deshaun, your three top wide receivers, Jordan Howard, your top running back, um, Lane Johnson, and then Brandon Brooks left? I mean, you know, how tough is all that to yeah, I mean, obviously that's that's part of football. You know, that's part of football every year, every game. You know, there's there's a handful of injuries, there's this and that, and you know, we've since the day I got here, I always said next man up mentality, and uh, have a lot of confidence in the guys that do do get in there. And um, you know, I thought a lot of the, a lot of those guys, you know, played played a good game today. You know, and um, that's we just didn't make the plays. I didn't make the plays, and um, but by no means is that an excuse or, or anything. Carson, you've been on teams here before though that had a lot of injuries and didn't play as sloppily as you guys played. What was the difference? What's the difference? Yeah. What happened back then and what's happening now? Tough to say. You know, like you said, it was sloppy. You know, plain and simple, it was sloppy. Um, You know, I was a little careless with the football today, and um, that's frustrating. I'll be the first to say I'm not happy about it. You know, and I got, I got to fix it. I got to look in the mirror. Um, and, you know, there's there's really no excuses or no other, you know, real big issue, um, so to speak. We just got to take care of football. Given the instability on the offensive line, would it have been a good idea to get you outside the pocket more and get you away from uh, the pass rush? You know, that's, that's a game plan thing kind of every week, you know, depending on how they play us and, and what, you know, what, what they want to do and what they show on tape. So, um, you know, you could always second guess and, and say maybe we could have done this more or that more. Um, that's football. Um, but, you know, I thought the guys up front, you know, fought their butts off and, and did what they could. And um, I, I just I let them down. In the First, I realize you say there's next man up, but how do in-game changes versus, like, you game plan not having lane in mind? Lose Brandon in the game. Uh, they move Andre. I put Big V. So there are a lot of moving parts. Is that yeah? Is that different than? I mean, I think it is tough for those guys. I mean, you know, that, but at the same time, they're always ready. You know, that's, that's the mindset, you know, be ready. And obviously with, with Lane and Brandon, you know, two of the best at their position. Um, but, you know, I thought those guys, again, I'd have to look at the tape, but I thought they, they stepped in and did and did their thing and did well. Um, you know, so so that's not an excuse. We, we believe in uh, every guy that dresses out there, you know, whether they're um, going to play no snaps or play the whole game. So uh, we can be better and we will be. In the times in your career when you've had these tough games, New Orleans last year, maybe – I guess Cincinnati, your rookie season. How did you uh, respond? What were the the, the the hours and days like after that? Yeah, uh, first of all, you know, not make it a, a, a giant thing. You know, just for one, we got you got six six days and you're back on. You know, it's six days to get ready. So um, try not to really change your routine or do anything crazy. Just stay with what you know and um, just take a hard look in the mirror, you know, and say, where can I be better? And, um, you know, we realize that there's there's going to be a lot of outside noise and, and guys looking at us. And uh, as a leader, I got to be better. I got to lead these guys better and, and keep this thing going. It might be the first time, uh, first time we've heard you get booed. Uh, I don't know if you've ever been booed in high school or college or anything. Maybe it's a rite of passage in the city, but does that affect you? Does it make you more frustrated to hear it? I mean, it, you know, you never want to hear it, but you know, it is what it is. Uh, that's this. That's the city. That's the fan base, and um, I'm frustrated too. You know, when we're playing like that, so you know, they have every right uh, when we're playing poorly to to let us know. Alan was talking about the importance of playing complementary football, uh, dependent on how like a game is taking shape, that kind of thing. What do you think the you know the offense's role 
and that is, you know, over over the last five games here? Um, what you, what exactly do you mean? I mean, you know, for for all the both sides to be synced up to be ensuring the best uh, chance of winning, uh, helping yeah. the other the other side out. And what's the what do you think the, the role is for this offense given the circumstances? Yeah, I mean, you know, for us offensively, every week, you know, we want to stay on the field. You know, we want to convert third downs. We want to you know have ball control and. Um, at the end of the day, we our ball control. I, I mean, I think our time of possession was still okay. We just put it on the ground or put it in the defense's hands. You know, I, I got to be better with that. But um, you know, I think that's kind of our mo is to, to sustain drive, stay on the field, and um, not put our defense in bad situations. And, and we did that a few times today, and, and they stepped up and played well. So um, yeah, it's tough. You know, these last two weeks when the defense plays plays good football, um, and complimentary wise, we, we didn't help them out. Doug said that your uh, hand, you get more tests on it. Uh, is there anything to be concerned about there? Uh, I don't think so, but obviously we'll wait and see. Is Going to force of the game is, 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 is yeah. tough to not to not press. You know, even though you know you you know made a few turnovers, is it a tendency for the offense to, to not try to try too hard to get themselves back in the game? I mean, you you could say that, but I think we we've done a good job this year of, of not letting that be the case. You know, I, I I mean, I don't think us pressing is the reason we turned the ball over. You know, it was just you know it was sloppy. You know, fundamentally, I got to be better. I mean, it was just sloppy. You know, and um, but pressing wise, like that, I don't think that I thought we did a good job of handling that and just taking what was there and, and trying to just stay on the field. And uh, we just didn't get, do a good job of it. Is the big why or how is this going to be better? What I, I, I guess what should people look at? to think this is, is going to improve? Yeah, I mean, I, and I get the question. I do, um, you know, especially after the last two weeks' performances offensively. But, um, you know, the same thing stays the same for me is I have a lot of confidence, a lot of confidence in, in myself to fix the things I can correct. And a lot, each guy's going to do, do their part and, and get it fixed. And, um, you know, we're going to turn the page real quick. You know, we're going to learn from this, uh, turn the page. But, you know, we got six days to go out and practice, work our tails off, um, you know, and, and go get a W on the road. Okay, Thank you, guys. Thank you. Okay, I thought it was very interesting that he said, look, we didn't play well enough. We have to. I have to. Yep. Blah, blah, blah. It starts with me. Kind of caught himself there. Just speaks to his mentality. Um, any reactions from? Ownership. Yeah. Like, that, was what, that was what you wanted to hear from your franchise yeah. quarterback, I think, exactly. Uh, he's, he's as frustrated as everybody, whether you're at home, whether you're in the studio, whether in that locker room. He's as frustrated as everybody, uh, and he's going to do whatever it's got to do to get it fixed. Um, no, I, I appreciated the honesty and the ownership. Yeah, always like that. Yeah, every week. I think, you know, when he stands up there at the podium, he's always reflective of how he played that day, um, especially in losses, right? He's going to start with himself in wins. He's all about praising his teammates, praising the guys around him. And that's what you want from the leader of your football team. And it starts with the head coach. He is pretty much the same way. And Carson takes Doug's cues as well. And, you know, those two guys are going to always be under the microscope when it comes to this football team, when they aren't doing well. And it's just refreshing to know, or I guess I should say it's encouraging to know that from our two most important leadership uh, positions on this team, you have guys that you know are hard workers, are going to hold themselves accountable first, and going to do everything that they can to get this thing fixed. Carson knows he's not playing well himself first and foremost, but he also understands that he has to bring these young guys along, right? He doesn't have the veterans, Alshon, Nelson, out there with him. So these young 
young guys are looking to him for leadership, not only standing at the podium, not only throughout the week in practice and how he approaches his work every day, but out there on the field throughout the course of a game. And there were several times where, you know, there was a camera shot of Carson on the sideline and he's talking to either Greg Water, he's talking to either J.J. Ortega-Whiteside after a completed ball. That's going over there and trying to get on the same page uh, with your wide receivers. Saw him talking to Miles Sanders yep. over there after the uh, botched handoff. So those are things that you want. He, he has to make sure he tempers his frustration because, again, those guys are going to take their cue from him and watching him on the sideline. And, again, I know it almost sounds redundant at times when we're talking about Carson, but I think as you move forward, these are things that are going to make him that much better as a quarterback going forward. These are tough times for him. You know, things – I don't want to say they came easier to him, but he certainly had a lot more success his first couple of years in this league. And the one thing I know about this league, this league will humble you. This league will, will make you go back to the drawing board and get better and update your resume. And I think Carthens, Carson's going through what a lot of young quarterbacks go through, which is going through tough times, trying to navigate through it while being a leader and being upbeat and being positive. And these type of things are going to make him a better player and a better leader as he moves forward through his career. Yeah, and that does happen in the evolution of a quarterback. Oh, yeah. I think we're seeing yep. Jared Goff go through oh, yeah. it right now as well in L.A., and of course those two will be tied together forever, forever go, yeah. one, going one and two in the draft as well. Um, of course, really good point by you, Ike, that we're seeing Carson Wentz take responsibility, and also Doug Peterson always saying, it starts with me. That's the message from the two of them. Uh, Coach Peterson also caught up with our own Mike Quick a little bit earlier tonight. Here's that, here's that interview. Coach, after a game like this, how do you address the team? I, it's it's funny. Um, as I was walking off the field, that's that's exactly uh, what I thought of. Uh, how yeah. am I going to do this? Because I thought the defense played outstanding. Again, kept us in this football game against a good offensive uh, team. This is two weeks in a row they've played well, and the offense today really um, really struggled. So, you know, it's kind of twofold. But at the end of the day, and at the end of the message, it's you know we're a team. And, and and we're all three phases. We're not yep. we're not 50 50 or, or 30 30 30 whatever it is. Um, and and we're going to continue to fight. We're going to we're going to continue to work, and, and we'll get things fixed and, and uh, get ready for next week. Much is going to be said about your quarterback play over the past couple of weeks. But tell me about the scrambling at the offensive line and all the things, the adjustments you had to make there with the injuries and such. Yeah, it's you know it definitely can take a toll on you. It can affect you. Um, you know, as far as uh, you know the moving parts. Um, you know, we 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 had a good week of practice. I, I really felt like, you know, Andre had a good week of preparation at right tackle. Each yep. day he got better. He was prepared, ready to go. And then sometimes in game, you know, things just happen. And 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 then of course you have to make an adjustment there. So Big V went in and. Um, you know, settle down just a little bit in the second half. But, you know, other than that, um, you know, we got to look at it. We got to look at Everybody has to look at it with, uh, you know, with open eyes. And uh, we got to get better. How do you get your quarterback back on track? You know, that's something we'll, we'll discuss the next couple of days and, and get ready for Miami. But, um, you know, we just got to get back to some of the basics, I think, and, and maybe, uh, maybe, you know, go back to some of the things that uh, um, he had success with early in the year, maybe yep. even as an offense, and and really just allow him to play to play free, whether that's up-tempo, which we had success today doing some of that or or whatever. We just got to take a hard look at that as a coaching staff, and uh, we got to help him too. Thanks, Coach. All right, thank you. Okay, great stuff as always there from Mike Quick and Doug Peterson. We are going to take a quick break. We will see you on the other side. You won't want to miss the Rico Review. Stay with us.
Meet the Wawa Hoagies. Every hoagie is made for you with delicious ingredients on a freshly baked Amoroso roll. Try one today, like a toasty cheesesteak, a mouth-watering meatball, or an Italian hoagie. Every one made just how you like it. So now that you've been introduced, stop by and get a fresh, delicious hoagie today. Gotta have a Wawa. Wawa is the official hoagie of the Philadelphia Eagles. Sometimes we prosper most when we help others. We respect that because at Santander Bank, respect adds up. Acme is bringing the fresh every day. Crispy, juicy, delicious. We're cutting fresh so you don't have to. Slicing fresh in store. Icing, baking, and flower bouquet making. This is how we do fresh. Come and get it. Acme, the official supermarket of the Philadelphia Eagles. Welcome back to the post-game show as we continue to break down the Eagles' loss to the Seattle Seahawks. A strong performance from the Eagles' defense who really got uh, got pressure on Russell Wilson, made him uncomfortable all night. A lot of sacks on the uh, Seahawks' quarterback, a big one coming from Fletcher Cox, uh, getting the credit on that. He is the subject of this week's RICO review. Fran Duffy is going to break it down for us. Take it away, Fran. Well, one of the big stories of the first half was absolutely this Eagles defense. Four sacks on Russell Wilson. The pressure was constant, and it didn't always result in a sack, but all throughout the first half, he was very hurried, and his processing led to a lot of incompletions, some misses that are uncharacteristic of Russell Wilson. A lot of that goes to not just the defensive line, but tight coverage on the back end. And it all started on the first third down of the game. Really well-schemed sack here from Jim Schwartz and this Eagles defense. Here's what you're going to see. Along the line of scrimmage, you're going to have Five Eagles defenders, five over five, what's commonly known as a diamond front here across the NFL. And you're going to see what that does is it just creates a series of one-on-one matchups because the offensive line, they don't know who's coming, who's going, who's dropping out. So you have to account for everybody, which means that all five offensive linemen, they're going to be occupied by five blockers. Now, the fifth blocker along this defensive front is Nigel Bradham. He's the fifth rusher. So he's not actually going to blitz. He's going to step forward and take on the left guard. He is essentially just going to drop back and just be a spy on Russell Wilson. So your four rushers here are going to be Derek Barnett off the edge, Fletcher Cox lined up one-on-one with the center, Brandon Graham lined up inside, and Josh Sweat coming off the edge. But like I said, this guard, he doesn't know that Nigel Bradham's not coming, so he has to treat him as if he's going to blitz. So we're going to let this run, and you're going to see exactly what happens here is really, again, five one-on-one matchups across the board, and the most pivotal one is this one right here. Fletcher Cox lined up on the backup center. Joey Hunt is just going to bench press him into the backfield right into the lap of Russell Wilson. You've got tight man-to-man coverage across the board as well in the secondary. He's got nowhere to go with the football, and Fletcher gets home for the sack. Really good job here by this defensive staff and the front seven of getting home to Russell Wilson and getting off the field for a three and out to start the game. 
Okay, great stuff from Fran, as always. When we come back, we have the nominees for the Toyota Player of the Week. Don't miss your chance to win a free Toyota. Wouldn't that be so exciting? All right, we will see you on the other side. prosper most when we help others. We respect that because at Santander Bank, respect adds up. Using head and shoulders every day, it's like great offense for my hair. No, 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 no. It's great defense against flakes. Offense. Defense. Offense. Defense. Offense. Defense. Boxers. Grease. Yin. Yang. Jif. Gif. Shaken. Sturge. Slamil. Slamazo. Touchdown. Turnover. MVP. Super Bowl champ. Offense for great hair. Defense against flakes. All right, now is your chance to vote for the Toyota Player of the Week. Go to PhiladelphiaEagles.com slash Toyota Player of the Week to cast your vote and get a chance at a brand new Toyota. And this week's nominees, tight end Zach Ertz, defensive end Brandon Graham, and safety Malcolm Jenkins. The nominees there for the Eagles, Ertz with 91 yards and a touchdown today. Brandon Graham and Malcolm Jenkins both making Russell Wilson pretty uncomfortable. Brandon Graham with one and a half sacks. Malcolm Jenkins with two sacks in today's uh, in today's game there. Uh, who did you get your vote here on this one? Oh, I got to go with the defensive guy, the way they performed today. I got to go with Jink. I think, Me I think too. Jink, I was like, you're going to say what I'm thinking. Yeah, Jink played yeah. arguably his best game of the season. Yeah, he really Around did. Around the football everywhere, getting sacks on Russell Wilson. I know he had the responsibility of being somewhat of a spy today with Russell Wilson, so you got to give him credit for Russell Wilson not having the type of running day that he's accustomed to having. So I like the way Jink played. I like and Brandon, I mean, my goodness, Brandon, seven sacks in the last, or seven and a half sacks in his yeah. last seven games. He's been doing an awesome job. And, and Zach, Zach is steady as you go. Yes. Mr. Reliable. Absolutely. And yeah. I mean, really, the, the bright spot on the Eagles offense yes. today, the one guy really helping them move the sticks. Um, I also thought it was kind of fun that BG and uh, Malcolm each uh, shared a sack there. They each got half on one of those there. So yeah. um, got to love the teamwork from those guys. Make sure you vote for your chance to win a free Toyota. And I always love to see, you know, I, we always have our opinions in here about which guys we think deserve it. But I always love to see who the fans pick every week. So that's always really fun for us. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's good that Malcolm and BG shared that sack today because that's probably the last time they're going to be feeling good with each other. Oh. In case you didn't recognize, Michigan and Ohio State, big game this weekend. Big game this weekend. Good point. <laughs> it is about to be rivalry week. Pretty yeah. Well, what uh, stakes a little bit higher for one of those two teams, but uh, definitely you know Michigan wants to ruin Ohio State's chances. Go Buckeyes. Here. All right. As we look ahead to next week, the Eagles will be on the road for the first since it's been a little while, but they get to go to some warmer weather, actually to my hometown. Um, I grew up in South Florida. I okay. was raised as a Dolphins fan, and my allegiances are going to be in a different spot next week as well. Um, Dolphins really struggling this season, 2-9. and nine. They just uh, lost to the Browns, 41-24. Um, not, not, uh, not a lot going on there in Miami. Yeah, and my, my first word to the Eagles would be respect your opponent. Yes. Um, because <laughs> we know the cliche. They got two wins. Exactly. We know the cliche any given Sunday. So if you don't come ready to play, uh, Miami could have their third win of the season. So 
Um, it's a business trip. It's not a vacation. Go down there and take care of business. These last five games, you know, the Eagles, depending on how the uh, game turns out in New England, uh, they still can find themselves one game behind the Cowboys in the standings and really with the ability to control their own destiny if uh, that happens today. So the Eagles, there's still a lot to play for. They can still win this division, but you got to get back on track starting next week in Miami. Yeah, you can't underestimate anyone. Every right. All of these teams are NFL teams. And of course, the Dolphins have been able to get two wins. Those teams didn't expect that either. And look, I think Brian Flores is a really good coach. I think he's building something there, but you know, they've gotten rid of a lot of their star yeah. players. They are really doing a serious rebuild there, but I like the direction that this coach seems to be taking it there. And, and the benefit for the Eagles is is that, you know, Brian Flores is obviously from New England, so you just faced New England a couple weeks ago. Uh, you're going to get somewhat the same defense down there in Miami, so that should help this offense out, even though you only scored 10 against New England. But seeing a similar defense for the second time in three weeks should be beneficial to the offense. It'd be interesting who's available to go next week, because if you still are without the offensive power of Howard Nelson, I mean, Nelson Aguilar and, and Alshon Jeffrey and your offensive lineman, it can be a struggle. Hopefully we get the majority of those guys back next week to make uh, the quarterback's job a little easier and the head coach's job a little easier when it comes to play calling because having 24 in that backfield sort of gives everybody a comfort zone. Yeah, he opens everything up. Well, and like you mentioned to me earlier, it's going to be uh, a short week with the holiday um, going on. And, hey, speaking of New England, they're currently up 10-0 to zero on the Cowboys, so that's something we're all going to be watching as the night unfolds. Of course, you can get all your coverage of that Miami Dolphins matchup, everything leading up to it, and tons of breakdowns from today's game as well on PhiladelphiaEagles.com, all of our channels, all the podcasts, tons of good content, insider content you can't get anywhere else there. And we will be back next week right back here in these same seats 30 minutes before kickoff with the kickoff show presented by Exalta and breaking it back down with the postgame show presented by Rico. As always, we will see you then. Happy Thanksgiving, everybody. Have a good one.